Here we go, folks. <clears throat> it's that time of the year. We missed it last year, but March Madness is back. The We Have High Expectations podcast could not be more excited for this March. As we get ready, we're going to recap championship week. We're going to talk brackets. It's that time. March Madness and our expectations are high. Doing our little dance here, Drew, as we get ready to talk March Madness. You know, it's it feels like uh, tonight, I know we're taping at our normal time, but it feels like it's like an hour earlier, you know? It feels like we're taping this a little bit earlier than we usually do. That's because uh, Daylight Savings Time started yesterday, Brad, so I don't know if your body clock has actually adjusted, but, uh, you know, I mean... Up until yesterday, it would be 6.35 and not 7.35 right now. I don't know what time it is in Indiana, but... Crazy. They're having the tournament, by the way. That's what we call a lead-in. There <laughs> we go. You know what else they had in Indianapolis? The Big Ten tournament. Yes. What do how, you good think are we, how good are we getting at this, by the way? I mean, you, your <laughs> opening was flawless. I'm just throwing in Indiana time, leading you right into the Big Ten champ. I mean, we're getting really, really good at this. Reminds me, the beginning of this podcast reminds me of the old Dr. Tom years where they'd make, uh, kick it out to the eye, and it would look like we were taking a three-point shot, but it was actually an alley-oop pass. That's what we're doing back and forth here. We're really? throwing oops. Yeah. yeah, settles is catching them, dropping to the baseline, putting up about four or five pump fakes, and then laying it in, baby. There's no more diving for loose balls. We're past that. We're throwing the alley oops. So, what were we? By the way, what were we talking about before I took us on this tangent? Daylight savings time. Daylight savings time. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Championship week. Championship week. That's right. God, it was fun. It was a fun championship week, wasn't it? You know, it was just, uh, yeah, there were a few teams that got had got uh, sent home packing with some COVID issues, but all in all, uh, let's, let's start there. Let's, let's yeah. start there so I can like, so I can bring this up so people understand how ridiculous it was when everybody started freaking out um, about these teams. Getting, so what was it? It was Duke, Virginia, and Kansas, right? Duke, Virginia, Kansas. Yeah, the ACC tournament was a little goofy with Duke and Virginia going out. and then They lost two games. I mean that they play there's 15 teams in that league so they play three four four there's 11 and then three they play 14 games right for their tournament and they lost two of them yeah so that's better than they were doing in the regular season you know like louisville lost half their season miami went on a pause you know north carolina lost a game or two right like so i think i i think i heard the um Dave Gavitt, is it was it Dave or Dan? Whichever Gavitt didn't start the Big East and is still alive, um, runs the NCAA <laughs> tournament. Um, and he he said that like ninety three percent of conference tournament games got played, up from like eighty two percent on the season. So people lost their mind and were going nuts about how this is going to ruin the NCAA tournament. We we might lose a game in the NCAA tournament, right? We might not lose a game in the NCAA tournament. It's 50-50 whether we lose a game in the NCAA tournament or not, right? We either do or we don't. 50-50. But even if we do lose a couple games in the NCAA tournament, if they play 62 out of 64 games or whatever it is, like, yeah, that's way better than we did 
throughout the season, and it's just what you do when you're playing basketball during a global pandemic, right? Well, and it's better than last year where we got zero, you right. know? Right. Now, like, come uh, back to me if for some reason Iowa doesn't get to play, like, and they get a, they're out of the tournament that way, like, then I'm going to have another opinion and just be pissed at everything. But, you know, from an unbiased, we're, this is how we're handling it, they're doing pretty well. And at the end of the day, they need to play the tournament so they can have all the other sports next year because otherwise they'd have no money. So Yeah, exactly. No, and and uh, no, I agree. And, and we'll see um, – how the whole bubble thing works out, right? Like getting, get once we get everybody to Indianapolis, I know like Iowa and the big 10 teams or a lot of the big 10 teams are already there, but once we get everyone there, then you could still have some issues. Right. But, um, you know, hopefully it, uh, it, it helps just having them, you know, bubbled up and, and on their floor, their hotel room. What, so what you know more about this than I do? What's going to happen now if uh, if a team can't go? Because like Virginia, Kansas, yeah. they had up until what Saturday night to tell the committee that they wouldn't be able to pass their seven straight days of no tests or no positives. Right, so, right. So they had, they had up until Saturday night to say that they can't be um, uh, considered. Right now they also have the, they start doing their their testing and whatnot. So if if they don't have enough players to pass their seven consecutive days of test by tomorrow at, I, I think it's 10 o'clock. Which, um, by the way, every single one of those tests, I mean, it's 50-50 whether it's going to come back positive or not. It's either positive or it's not. It's either positive or it's negative. I mean, 50-50. Anyway, uh, back to what I was saying here before before we got that dynamite piece of uh, st- statisticism. <laughs> Probability, 101. <laughs> so, yeah, so they have until tomorrow night. If, they, if, they, if they're not going to have enough players and they know by tomorrow night, then Louisville would be the first one in down the line, right? Louisville, Colorado yeah. State, St. Louis, and Ole Miss are the, the four on standby teams, right? Um, so but they, then, are they... Are they in the NIT or do they get pulled out of the NIT? So they this? get pulled out. They get pulled out of the NIT, right? Yeah. Um, Louisville just said they weren't going to play in the NIT, so they're not yeah. even in it. Um, the other three teams are all our number one seeds in the NIT with Memphis. So I guess if we got down to the point where you know tomorrow five teams bail, then maybe Memphis could get in. But if we have five teams bail tomorrow. We got much bigger issues than right. Uh, then, then who gets that fifth spot? But then after tomorrow night, then it's just locked, right? They just yeah. If if you can't play, then team just no contest. They they move on to the next round. Um, so day of the game Saturday, Grand Canyon gets a positive test, can't play. Iowa just moves on to the second round, right? Right, right. Yeah. Now now Grand Canyon could get a positive test, and they've got these like bands or rings or something that's tracking you know when the players are close to each other during team activities when it's when it's not in team activities they're not they're not wearing them but if you know if say grand canyon gets a guy that has positive and these bands are showing that nobody was within six feet of him for 15 minutes it's not considered a close a close exposure those people test positive they don't have to go through the local uh indiana doesn't have a local mandated you know, quarantine like St. Louis did with the Valley. So the Grand Canyon could still play. The other thing Virginia's got to do that I forgot to mention is they got to test 
once they get to Indianapolis, they got to test negative twice before they play. So if they get to Indianapolis Friday at noon, they got to test Friday at noon, and then they got to test Saturday morning um, okay. again, and they have to test twice negative there as well. So they have to have the seven days of positive of negative test followed by testing twice uh, negative twice once you're in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, theoretically, the, it sh- it should work right to where they. Once you're there, you shouldn't get it. At the end of the day, we're asking college kids to do a lot here, you know, but we've been asking a lot all season and they've done it. But like those guys that were saying, well, you should have took them into Indianapolis last week and had them quarantined there for, you know, 14 days before playing in a tournament. I mean, dude, it's like 40 degrees. And it's not, this isn't Disney where the NBA guys were at, where they could go play golf every day or, you know, (laughs) do other things. This is like, I've been to downtown Indianapolis, not a whole lot going on there. Like if you're not going to bars and restaurants, so it'd be pretty boring. And I can't believe we're asking college kids. We would ask college kids to do that, but yeah, no, they uh, are pretty much locked in a hotel room, right? I mean, you go to practice each day, you go test in the morning, you go to practice each day and the rest of your time you're doing homework or you're sitting on an online class or you're playing video games or watching Netflix. Like what, what are you going to do? You know, which might be all right for like a weekend or like a week. But if you're making deeper on like that for like a month, that's gonna. We're talking maybe some mental health issues. Can you imagine being locked up? It's like, uh, I'm I'm with you. Like, you know, the the good thing is that once you get through this first weekend, you can, you know, if nobody on your team has it, you can then if, if you, everybody on your team is still testing negative and you're outside of an incubation period that you've actually been around somebody who might have had it, like get together for, you know, dinner and stuff like how, how would you get it that way unless you got it from somebody else on another team, which I mean, all the sports that have been going on, like have we have we ever contract trace something from like for jumping from one team to another team? Like, have yeah, you heard of that? I, I have no idea. I don't. You know, so. Yeah, it's just, it, it's just, you know, I, it's what you got to do. I get that. And I, you know, definitely want the NCAA tournament. Uh, it's just crazy when you think well, about it. And even hanging out with your teammates and stuff, cool. But like, we've been on teams, uh, you know, back in high school and stuff. And it's like, some of my best, I mean, a lot of my best friends aren't on the basketball team. Right. And sometimes there's not too many people on the basketball team. I necessarily like want to hang out with outside of practice. Just say his name. Just say his name. Just say his name. (laughs) Just say it. Put it out there. Stop talking around it. We all know who you're talking about. (laughs) We're all knowing who you're talking about. Just say the name. Oh, masters is dead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I, I get, I get what you're saying. And, you know, I, I'm almost to the point of, you know, we've, we've got how many, this is a little outside of basketball, but we've, we've got how many of the high risk population, you know, has, has gotten shots, right. Or has the ability to get a shot. Um, hospitalizations are down. These are college kids who are, you know, 18 to 22 in, in great shape and it's not affecting people like that. Right. So let's just stop yeah. testing. Right. And and the other I think there's enough history. There's enough examples of college kids or even athletes in there. You know, people 
even regular people in their age group, not that athletes aren't regular people, but you know, just anybody in those age groups, there's enough data that it doesn't, yeah. you know, and, the effects aren't and that think, great. So, you know, I think you still but, have to, you still have to keep them, you know, kind of quarantined. Right. But um, just because you can't have them out running around Indianapolis and then you take it in and all of a sudden a coach or somebody gets it, you know, or something, sure. you know, yeah. somebody that could potentially be in a high risk situation, but like, I don't think we should be testing asymptomatic people and taking away the NCAA tournament from them on, you know, like North Carolina A&T had an assistant coach test positive. They're out of their tournament. It was a false positive. He tested negative three days in a row after that, right? They're the yeah. number one oh. seed in their conference tournament. They get it all taken away from them. And it, you know, it's, and it's that one could of those, happen. And that could happen to the NCAA Anybody, you know? right? You know, and, and so, yeah. So, you know, at this point I would say like, I wouldn't be against not testing anybody that's asymptomatic. You know, like if somebody has symptoms, test them and then pull them. If everybody else on the team tests, tests negative, let's go. Right. Um, so, I mean, obviously they're not going to change that. That's kind of, that's kind of hypothetical and best case scenario, but um, you know, we're getting close. We're getting, we're getting close. Right. I, I've got a, I'm, I'm half microchipped, you know, like there are a lot of people like me that, you know, we're getting close. So hopefully we'll never have to deal with something like this again. Um, uh, and we can just get together and watch the NCAA tournament and have to worry about things like. Yeah, exactly. And, all, and will your team be out when you wake up that morning? Right, exactly. But yeah, so anyways, championship week. What else do you want to recap for the for the championship week? Uh, you want to talk about any of the actual games that took place on the courts? I was impressed. I was impressed with Oklahoma State, uh, Cade Cunningham and them boys uh, beating Baylor and they look beating West Virginia in that first round of the Big Ten tournament. They they look like a dangerous team. Obviously, they got you know Cade Cunningham. Um, they got that number one. Uh, I think his last name's Alexander, as you can tell. I did a lot of research here. Um, <laughs> who you know who who's, who looks like he's really coming on strong. Uh, I was impressed with them. Um, I know they lost Texas, but uh, Texas got that Kansas by. So uh, I was impressed with Oklahoma State. I was not impressed with the Big Ten officiating. I thought uh, the Big Ten officiating, as always, leave, you know, leaves a little bit to uh, to be wanted there. What are your thoughts? No, I agree. I mean, <clears throat> the Big Ten uh, always ends up being a little more physical, too much. Too much, too much hands and grabbing and holding on the defensive end uh, for you know a lot of teams probably hurts a team like Iowa more than uh, some you know some of the other teams that do that in Illinois, Michigan State, and those um, just because our offense is so reliant on being able to move and cut you know and when they limit that but. Um, Look, not we're, that we're that's athletic. The reason, not that that's the reason Iowa lost right. that game, okay. point, but it just makes it it just makes it frustrating to watch. I don't know. It's just yeah. not good. Good. It's just not good basketball. It appeals to to my eye. Yeah, I thought I thought uh, you know I I was athletic, right? But we're not uber athletic. We're not you know we're not Illinois, right? When you when you watch Illinois play, they just have a different level of athletes um, at a couple at a couple positions, right? Yeah. Uh, if you throw on top of that, you you eliminate that freedom of movement, you know, and you get back to, I don't know, if I, I heard somebody say this weekend, you know, you used to be able to chuck the cutter. Do you remember that when we played? Like, that was <laughs> like, 
That's what they'd say on defense. That guy's coming through the lane. If you were guarding the post player, you'd step off your guy and you just give the cutter a forearm. Right. Um, you know, and like, it's crazy that that was just allowed. Right. But, um, but yeah, I think I'm hopeful that as we get into the NCAA tournament, some of that stuff cleans itself up and we can be a little more efficient. I didn't think we shot the ball great in those two days. Um, maybe that's got a little to do with, you know, shooting in a, in a dome versus, you know, playing an actual basketball arena, but hopefully, you know, we kind of get that out of our system and, and roll into the big 10 turn or into the NCAA tournament here. Yeah, hit some shots in the first half against Illinois. Definitely didn't shoot it at all against Wisconsin. Hit some shots in the first half against Illinois. Just way too many turnovers against Illinois. And then the second half went a little cold. One thing you said, too, uh, you know, outside of our outside of our taping uh, sessions, but one thing you you had a stat on uh, Garza in particular, Luca Garza's uh, outside shooting that might come into play um early for the Hawkeyes in the NCAA yeah. tournament Grand Canyon's got that seven footer transfer from Wichita State right that um if Garza can hit some shots from the outside that he might have some open looks because it sounds yeah. like that guy likes to just kind of hang out in the paint he's what what did I say he's two for 15 in the last four games two for since 15 Ohio, yeah yeah, since yeah. That Ohio State game I think he was three for four in that Ohio State game but since then two for 15 and it just doesn't look quite like he normally looks uh from three it just looks a little off but um when you shoot that high arcing shot like that it just you know like sometimes it seems like that can get off but um but yeah i think rolling into the i watched a lot of the acc tournament um it was it was cool to watch that the teams aren't as good this year as they have been in the past usually the acc tournament is just dynamite right but right when your final is georgia tech florida state it's like eh. I didn't watch much of that because it's Georgia Tech Florida State basketball. Like, you know, it's not a game I'm really that interested in. But they had a low camera angle um, there, so like you could see like like the Virginia or the Florida State North Carolina game in particular. Like Florida State switched every ball screen, and like you're watching it from this low camera angle, and you're seeing how much space they cover on the floor, and you just think to yourself, like, how the hell does anybody score a basket? Like, <laughs> you know, like these guys yeah. are huge and they're out there and then and then you know you watch North Carolina they played they played three games and you, you, at that low camera angle you see their big guys Sharp and Kessler and Baycott and Brooks and they're just going after balls and just dominant right and they just look Baycott just looked incredible and you're like how the hell do they ever lose a game and then in that same game they start their guards start dribbling and they can't dribble and they just start throwing the ball to the other team. You're like, how the hell do they ever win a game? You know, like, <laughs> so I just thought Freaky. that was cool. I thought that was, you know, with no fans, they were able to put that low camera angle or with minimal fans, they were able to put that low camera angle in and it was awesome. So that was, I mean, that was, I mean, who cares about that? Really? I don't know why I brought that up on the podcast. I just thought it was cool. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I agree. So championship week in the bag, as they say, uh, good, good games over the last. Um, hopefully, games over the next few weeks. You want to get in. So just as we did with our Big Ten tournament preview here on the We Have High Expectations podcast, we're going to break down the NCAA tournament game by game. <laughs> so first here, Drew, on Thursday night, the first four, we got Norfolk State versus Appalachian State. No. We're absolutely not actually going to do this, people. <laughs> hey, hey, that one's a that one's a toss up, 
back in the day, uh, the old uh, driveway on 10th Avenue in Waverly, I would play every game uh, with the Waverly newspaper's uh, bracket cut out uh, by myself. One, one. I, I guess you don't even call it one-on-one, do you? I was both teams. I was the referees. I was the announcer. I was the, the play clock. And uh, we filled out a bracket. After he did this, folks, they did take him for a mental evaluation. <laughs> this is why I was. Uh, this Took is why I was site. years into my thirties before uh, before <laughs> I ever right. found a girl. This is this actually happened last week. Brad was doing this in <laughs> yeah. Sumner. Ah, oh, I screwed that joke up. You could have been to do it with, uh, you know, I used to do that. I was thirty-five years old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Well, let's go through. Let's, but let's, let's just go yeah. through region by region and pick a couple games that we kind of like or a couple teams we might find interesting and just go from there. What do you think? Perfect. I'm going to Seth Davis it and just give you all my upsets. And Dude, fuck Seth Davis. Week. Like, good <laughs> God, man. Like, he just ruins the selection show by just saying every 12 seed, every 13 seed, every 14 seed is going to win, right? It's like, good God, man. You'll get one of them right, and then we'll never hear the yeah. end of it. Oh, God. So where do you want to start? You want to start in the West or you want to finish in the West? Let's finish in the West. Let's start. Uh, let's go the uh, let's let's go to that lower uh, right hand side, the Midwest region. <laughs> I wish since they're all in Indianapolis, I wish that's how they would have done it. And for the lower right hand uh, corner of the <laughs> corner bracket, the number the region, one seat. lower right hand. <laughs> yeah. So Illinois is the one seat. Houston, the two. Uh I think, I think uh, you know what what I saw second round possible matchup Illinois versus Loyola Chicago. If Loyola can beat Georgia Tech, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, look at look at this one though. Like Illinois, I'm looking at this like the you, you kind of break them into the top half and the bottom half, right? So the bottom half, like like West Virginia, they're they're okay, you know, yeah. but they're the three seed. I look up and I see Oklahoma State, who's beat West Virginia twice this year as oh, the yeah. four seed. And I'm kind of like, did Illinois, and you see Loyola Chicago right there. Georgia Tech just won the ACC tournament, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. And you're like, man, Oregon Illinois. State, got, Oregon, State's, Oregon State's the 12 seed, just won the Pac-12 tournament. But like, Yeah, you know, I was like, Tennessee was preseason top 10. You know, they haven't played to that, but they got two potential first-round draft picks on their team. And then you go down to the bottom and you're like San Diego State and Syracuse, who just for some reason just continually gets the benefit of the doubt for the NCAA tournament. Like it just blows my mind. Um, and like that Clemson Rutgers game, like yeah. that's like, I mean, like, geez, I, I don't know about that. That game just feels dirty being in the NCAA tournament, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I think Houston might, like, I, I don't think Houston's great, but I think, uh, I think they kind of, I think they kind of walk to the elite eight there, you know, and because I said that Cleveland state's going to beat them, but that would be awesome. Well, yeah, Houston, I don't know that Houston's great. I don't know that anybody really knows that Houston's great. Um, just because of the level of, you know, the competition that they've played this year, obviously you go 24 and three, you're, you're good. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm with you. They got a good draw, at least in their, in their, uh, pot of eight. I think Oklahoma state, Illinois is kind of interesting. Um, I hope I don't, think, I don't think Oklahoma State has anybody that could keep up with uh, Kofi, um, yeah. but the rest of that Oklahoma State team matches up great with Illinois. 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think everybody's hoping that that's the Sweet 16 matchup, right? Illinois, Oklahoma yeah. State, something Jade, to watch there. Jade yeah. and, and Alexander guy, number one. Oklahoma yeah. State guard, number one. Yeah. You're going to hear a lot of that, folks. I watched a lot of basketball and didn't figure out anybody's name. <laughs> just wait till we, we get to Georgetown. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, Georgetown. <laughs> the guy with so, blue shoes. So who do you got coming out of this one? You know, uh, I'm always leery taking the team that just won their conference tournament and did it looking so good, you know, like the the hot team, because it doesn't always carry over to the NCAAs. But I don't know how you can't pick Illinois after what they did this weekend in the Big Ten tournament, right? I yeah, mean, it's hard. It's hard for me to do. I Like I said in a text group the other day, and I don't know if we have any – Illinois fans that listen to this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I've never met an Illinois fan that wasn't a douche. So it's hard to pick Illinois, but I can't go against them. They, they look great, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, I mean, my head to go back to last week's, my head would say Illinois, you know, I would kind of like to see Houston just, uh, for something different, you know? Yeah. Um, I'd like to see Oklahoma State. I like Cade Cunningham. I like uh, yeah, that that like, would be fun too. Yeah, I like how their I mean, coach I, handled handled the whole uh, handled the whole process with him when they got the you know the postseason ban this summer and basically said if Cade wants to go somewhere else, he can go somewhere else. Like we'll let him go. Um, so I just kind of like how they handled that whole thing. So I'm I'm hopeful for Oklahoma State, but I think Illinois is the the pick here. Do you see any any uh, lower seed running to maybe the Sweet 16, Elite Eight here? You know, I'd love, I was going to say, I'd love to see Loyola beat Illinois in the second round. Wouldn't that be sweet? Oh, God, be amazing. Yeah. Chicago's team. But um, I don't know that I got too many upset specials out of this, uh, out of this bracket, really. No. Uh, how about, how about you? Oregon State, Tennessee, maybe on watch? Yeah, I know Tennessee's really struggled at times this year. So maybe, but I mean, I couldn't, Oregon State, I, I mean, I know Wayne Tinkles, their coach. But he could be sitting in this room. I wouldn't have any fucking clue who he was. So let alone a player. I couldn't name a player. Yeah, no, exactly. So um, that's basically the whole Pac-12 for me. Like, I, I just didn't – I must go to bed too too early or something. But, I mean, maybe maybe Rutgers gets it together and looks like that team from before Christmas. Um, and maybe Houston's not great and they clip yeah. them. But um, I don't really see, like, anything crazy coming out of that out of that. Uh, region so so I picked uh I picked so we're gonna go Illinois there I picked lower right what region would you like to go to well let's go if we went Illinois in the midwest let's go to the upper right then to the south the upper right uh, side of your bracket folks the upper right side so we've got Baylor as the number one seed in the south Ohio State the number two Arkansas three Purdue four. What uh, pops out at you in the uh, south upper right quadrant? In the upper right quadrant. So the the first game that kind of pop, the first round game that intrigues me is this Carolina Wisconsin game. Agreed. Um, yeah. Just because like Wisconsin like cannot rebound the ball right, and North Carolina that's all they do. At one point in the game against Notre Dame, they were rebounding seventy three percent of their misses. And these stats, you can get all these tempo free stats at Bart Torvik. Just Google Bart Torvik, right? And it's T rank Torvik.com or something like that. 
And the great thing about Bart Torvik is he's the only one doing these tempo free statistics, right? Turnover rates, offensive rebound percentage, adjust, you know, adjusted defensive efficiency. He's the best. He's, he is the cream of the crop and it's all free. You don't have to spend a dollar to get Bart's information. So I just wanted to throw that out there and just thank Bart for putting in all that time. Uh, But back to Carolina, Wisconsin here, Um, you know, Wisconsin doesn't turn it over but they don't force you to turn it over either, right? So Carolina's probably going to get shots, and their big Achilles heel is turning the ball over. So is Carolina going to get enough shots to get enough offensive rebounds to to win that game, or is Wisconsin going to be able to not turn it over, play solid defense, and just win that game, you know, 52-48 because Carolina can't shoot and turns the ball over too much? Um, I just think that's an interesting game. Yeah. No, I, I agree that game. <clears throat> and then the other one that I've got circled in that uh, south or the upper right um, is that Arkansas 314, Arkansas versus Colgate. Uh, <laughs> what was Colgate's net rating, ranking, like eight or something? Yeah, I don't know. Colgate RPI. Yeah, and their RPI was like top 10 with Navy for most of the year. But now this guy hasn't been in the tempo free stat game quite as long as your boy Bart Torvik, but. Ken Palm, Ken Pomeroy, KenPom.com. He's a meteorologist, I believe, out uh, in the mountain region. But he uh, adjusted. They got, temp- they got a lot of snow. Did he have time? A lot of snow. He might be snowed in. Adjusted tempo. Arkansas and Colgate are both top 25. So out of the teams that made the tournament, they're both top five in tempo. So it's going to be up yeah, and down that'll be, that'll be good. in that Arkansas Colgate high scoring game, I would imagine. Just for a little bit of uh, just a fun one to watch. Well, just just for a reference point for our listeners here, the University of Iowa, according to Bart Bart Torvik, I don't know about Kempom. I this is all news to me. What you're saying here, like I'm, this will be a website I'll have to check out. Yeah. Uh, but according to Bart Torvik, Iowa's right around you know 75, 80 in tempo, and Iowa actually plays pretty quick. So, you know, we're talking teams in the top 25 are uh, they're hustling. Yeah. No, he. Ken Palm's got Iowa at 99th, he has 70 possessions a game, and uh, Arkansas and Colgate are both basically 73. So um, they're, you know, hustling. both teams. They're yeah, hustling. both teams hustling. They're, yeah, oh, they're, they're going to get up and down, baby. They're going to move that ball up and down the court. So let's uh, do the same thing here we did with the last region. Who do you Let's start with the upset pick first. Do you see any uh, double-digit seed getting to the second weekend here? Double digit seed to the second weekend. Um, yeah, that's the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, no, I I know what okay. it is. I, <laughs> okay. I, I was looking to. It sounded pick like a, you know. It sounded like you were saying I'm Ron Burgundy. So question mark on the end of your sentence there, but I had to think about it. I was going to say for like first round upsets, I could see maybe Winthrop in the classic twelve five taking down Nova, um, but. Uh, I'm not going to hang my hat on Winthrop in the Sweet 16. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. What about you? Utah State maybe in the 6-11? Yeah, Utah State. Like Texas Tech, Texas Tech, I think the computers really like Texas Tech because they played a lot of close games against good teams, but they didn't beat a lot of people, you know? So uh, maybe Utah State and then Arkansas, like you said, they play fast and, and maybe – 
you know, or, or they get clipped by Colgate and you have a situation where, you know, one of the, you got an 11 or a 14, but um, yeah, I think Utah state maybe is a little intriguing to me. I like their coach, Craig Smith. He used to be at uh, San, uh, South Dakota. Uh, yeah. It was on okay. mile staffs um, at uh, Colorado state, Nebraska before that. Like, yeah, I think he's a good coach. Um, yeah. Name to potentially watch at Minnesota name to potentially watch if Iowa state opens is Craig mm. Smith. So um, that's just a little uh, a little inside information for our listeners. And if you'd like more, please join my Patreon page for $10 a month. I will give you <laughs> no information for most of the year. So, wait until we get on, uh, wait until we get on Cameo. Uh, so a couple, couple of Cinderella's to watch for. Who's coming out of the South? Baylor, Ohio State, Purdue is the four seed. Who do you got? Uh, Coming out so of the I South. Think, I think Ohio State's got a brutal second round matchup against Virginia Tech if they get there. Virginia Tech is big and fast and athletic, and um, I think that could be a tough matchup for Ohio State. So I don't, I, I don't trust Ohio State um, to to get out of this region. Um, you know, I'm going to go back to Baylor. I know they got beat by, uh, you know, I know they haven't looked great after the COVID pause, but they looked pretty dominant for most of the season. And I think they'll, they'll work their way back there. I think that second round matchup is kind of a layup for them. Um, I don't think North Carolina or Wisconsin have the offensive firepower to stay with them. Um, and then, you know, you go to the next group there, like Villanova's got guys hurt. Yeah. Purdue's pretty young, you know? And so I, I just think Baylor is going to get to the lead eight and then you go to the bottom of that. And, you know, I, I just don't think Ohio state can beat them. So I, all year I've said Baylor's in the top tier with Gonzaga. I think that top tier includes Illinois now, but I think those three have kind of cleared themselves from the field. And, and uh, again, that's why I lose every bracket I've ever been in because I've watched this all year long and the teams who are seated higher had the better years and are better teams. Right. But they get beat. So, um, but yeah, I'll go with Baylor. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Villanova is, is tempting to me as well. Uh, but just with those injuries, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't think, I don't think you can count on them to take, make a deep run, especially Purdue would be a tough matchup and then, uh, running into Baylor in the sweet 16. I don't see him beating Baylor either. Let's, uh, let's go to the lower left, lower left, lower region. left. <clears throat> We're in the East region. Michigan's your top seed. Alabama, your two. Any, uh, what are the matchups that uh, pop out? Well, I guess this is the region we've got that first four matchup, Michigan State and UCLA, two teams limping into the tournament with big names on their chest. Michigan, the Michigan State Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage and your UCLA Bruins. Yeah, it's such a joke. I'm not even going to get into that right now. Uh, (laughs) Michigan State beat in the last month of the season beat Illinois or in the last like two weeks of the season beat Illinois, Ohio state and, uh, and Michigan, right. They beat two one seeds and a two seed in the last three weeks of the season and is in the playing game. Like that's how bad the rest of their season was. Right. Like that always, that cracks me up about Minnesota, Minnesota beat Iowa, Ohio State, Purdue, and Michigan at home and wasn't even close to the bubble. You know, like how bad does the rest of your season have to be? Um, So I think Michigan State beats UCLA. But again, I don't know anything about UCLA and the Pac-12, like at all. So I'm going with Michigan State because I've seen them play. I like it. I like how Aaron Henry and Josh Lankford are playing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, six seed BYU is is sitting there for the winner. You see any upset special there with Michigan State over BYU? BYU look BYU looked good against uh when I watched them against Gonzaga. It looked like they had some shooters. They got Matt, uh, Purdue transfer Matt Harms, that seven three dude in the center or center. Um, you remember Matt Harms, right? The guy with the dorky hair. Oh yeah. Yeah, so BYU's pretty good. So I think B- I think BYU maybe wins that game there too. This is the region that has the team I want to talk about, though, and the Georgetown. Your Georgetown Hoyas. Georgetown, baby. Your Georgetown yeah, Georgetown Hoyas. They got. They've got. Uh, they've got number four who uh, shot the hell out of the ball in the Big East tournament, right? <laughs> they got the point guard with the headband. Um, who was the Big East tournament uh, MVP? He looked great. Just handled the hell out of the ball, got it to where it needed to go, and then they got uh, Pink Shoes Center. Pink Shoes Center was really good. He was blocking shots, getting rebounds, turning and hitting that little baby hook over his left shoulder. Uh, you know, Patrick Ewan's got a got a nice little team there. Number thirty four was it? Yeah, yeah. Pink Shoes Center. He's Pink Shoes Center. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so they got a nice they got a nice team. Uh, they got big Pat Ewing there as the coach. Um, well, here's something that I found a little ironic about Georgetown. They got the Jordan logo on, you know, they're sponsored yeah. by Jordan. They got the Jordan logo. And the most memorable shot of Michael Jordan's college career was to beat Georgetown for the national championship. It just, it was just a little interesting. I just thought that was a little ironic, you know, so. That's true. I thought you were going to go uh, Michael Jordan's pretty much the reason Patrick Ewing never played in the NBA finals too, as a pro. <laughs> yeah, so. yep, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you got that's it. That's true. So, so yeah. But so yeah, my, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say my Hoyas uh, catching fire at the right time. Uh, Patrick Ewing took the uh, disrespect from the Madison square garden security guards and, and, and played that's, that into a big East championship. That's the right uh, played a little that, bit right like i mean it was funny but i mean come on like oh i loved it that's a great quote like what is my number still not hanging on the rafters <laughs> come on and it's patrick ewing at madison square garden but yeah i don't uh i don't know anything about colorado they're one of your pac-12 yeah. teams that uh we you know don't stay up late enough for yeah but yeah. um they gotta, I mean, they gotta get to indianapolis through four foot of snow so i don't know how they're gonna that's make it. true that's true but no, I, um, yeah, I think I, you know, we'll see Georgetown's obviously the hottest, one of the hottest teams in the tournament, them in Illinois. Um, this one, I struggle with who's going to come out of here, you know, like Michigan, you would have said totally earlier, but now what's the liver situation, you know, I mean, yeah. I'm going to, I don't think the listeners need, uh, need to guess at what my liver situation is going to be this weekend, but, uh, what's Four. Michigan's going to be. Um, that was terrible. <laughs> hey, before we talk about that, did you see the end of the St. Bonaventure VCU game this weekend? No, where that uh, security guard had the security oh, guard no, I, got the guy in the headlock on the, on the floor. I saw uh, the picture today. Yeah, I saw. So, I didn't see it live, but I saw the picture today. So I got a buddy at work who, uh, who graduated from St. Bonaventure. He was a manager there on uh, when Jimmy Barron was the coach. Yeah, Jim Barron. Jimmy Barron was his son, but uh, but so you know, I, like he's always texted me about St. Bonaventure, and 
I'm always like sending him like the gate pool bracketology and be like, Oh, we got the bombies in or, you know, so anyway, so I'm just like, what are you guys like fighting? Are you guys fighting a security guard after this game? What the hell's going on? So he sends me that picture and video today. And I'm just like, Oh, that's amazing. Like this video guy just, have you seen the video? I haven't seen the Somebody's video. I'm going to have to video look of it on the side and he like he's under the basket as the guy dunks and he's videotaping all of it and taking pictures and everything and and like the security guard just like runs out and is trying to grab him and the guy's just like throwing him off and like running around and doesn't stop filming. Like this guy was on his job. He didn't stop. <laughs> and like then the players are up on the on the side so he's over there, you know, um He's over there taking pictures, and all of a sudden the guy just choke holds him. And like then all the players and coaches are running over there. I'm just like, what the hell is going on? So, so that was pretty incredible. I, 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 I would, you know, we had to bring that up. That was oh, that yeah. would have oh, been that's... one of the best moments of championship week. Yeah, that's that's when you say this is March right there. That was yeah, right that... up there. That was right up there with that Rutgers girl checking the ball onto the bench and then blaming the other the other girl on her team for <laughs> not being there. Those yeah. are two of the funniest moments of championship week. So, um, yeah. So back to to Michigan. I mean, I don't think Michigan gets through it. Um, I think LSU is a tough game for him. I think Florida State's a tough matchup for him without yeah. livers. Um, you know, Bama, you know, I always say don't trust a football school in, in the NCAA. Don't trust a don't trust a football school that's highly rated. This reminds me of like Auburn getting two seeds and uh, some other schools getting two seeds. I just don't I don't trust them. Uh, but they well, look and I just good, don't but, know how good the uh, I, don't, I just don't know how good the SEC is either. Um, you know, I mean, Arkansas's. We think Arkansas is good. LSU, you know, we think they're OK. LSU's got the best players money can buy. That's true. That's very true. LSU is basically Western University, but in real life. It sucks watching it, seeing Will Wade on the sideline. You know, like, I I want the players to, you know, have their name, image, and likeness thing. But, like, the fact that Will Wade is on a tape saying he made a strong-ass offer for a kid who's still on his team. Devontae Smart is is on his team. Like, what, yeah. what the hell are we doing? Like That'd be like Pete Bell having that post-game press conference telling Happy to go to the cash machine to get the best players money can buy. And, and then, then just him and Neon. Two days later with yeah. Neon and all the same players. And Butch and, and, yeah, and, and running it back and nothing happening. But instead, Ricky, no, right? He, it's Butch and Ricky. Ricky Ricky was the other guy, right? Butch Ricky McCray. Rowe. Yeah, was Rowe. the French lit guy. And yeah. then Neon Bordeaux and yeah. uh, what was Penny Hardaway. Butch McCray. Butch McRae, yeah. Great. Under, gr- underrated film. Underrated film. And, really uh, is good. Really is good. And Tony was shaving points. I Tony mean, shaving points. I was just going to try to think Tony. Heart, Tony. Man, I haven't seen that movie in like five years, and I'm still just rattling that all off. I just can go watch that when we get done. There's nothing else on TV tonight. I might do that. Oh, um, maybe do a double feature with that and Necessary Roughness. Um, <laughs> now you're talking. Yeah, so if I I don't know if I was picking somebody to come out of this, I might pick Florida State. That might be the team I pick. Yeah, that's yeah. I was thinking Texas maybe, uh, but but and Jericho no, Sims I, looked amazing in that in that game against Oklahoma State. Like if Jericho Sims is going to be that, Texas is going to yeah. be really tough to beat with Matt Coleman and Ramsey and uh, Andrew Jones on the perimeter. You throw in him and Greg Brown, like. Yeah, I agree with you. Texas could be a team, and I might just be looking at Florida State because I watched a lot of ACC basketball this year, and I thought they were pretty good when the rest of the ACC wasn't. So, 
Um, I just like how Florida State can switch all five positions, right? Like they can just they can switch every ball screen, and their seven-one center can guard basically anyone. So um, that'll be interesting. But one of those teams, I think, is probably a safer bet almost than Michigan at this point without Isaiah Livers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was just going to say this east or the lower left quadrant if you're following uh, at home on your brackets on your clipboard um but this region is the most wide open right i mean by far I, in my opinion um so let's take that and move to the west then saving the west for last gonzaga iowa kansas virginia your top four Kind of interesting that Kansas and Virginia, the two teams with COVID issues this last week, are thrown in the same in region. In the same region. Yeah, that is yeah. weird. Um, I, almost and, singing, I almost started singing Vanessa Williams' best for last when you did that, the West for last, but I decided that had been a little, a little too much. Oh, no, it would have been great. And also in the West, your hometown team, Drewski, the Drake Bulldogs snuck in, the last at-large team in the tournament. So... When they when they put out the seed list, how the hell were they behind Oregon State and Georgetown? Like, so if Georgetown would have lost, so if Georgetown would have lost to Creighton, would they have made the tournament? Like, would they have been in the first four? Like, how in the world did they get the seeded ahead of Drake? Did they just like screw up and just were like, ah, whatever, uh, we forgot to write them down? Well, they had, they did have a screw up. They had St. Bonaventure ahead of BCU. And no, they the other way around. They had the, it the other yeah, way around. They, yeah. yeah. Um, and they had St. Bonaventure and BCU flip flopped and then had to come out and release an updated one with them in their right position. So I, I don't know. I thought that was weird too. I mean, um, you can't put Georgetown and Oregon State in a play in game, is why, right, right. you know, they're 12 like, seeds and Drake's and 11. But to your point, like, why would you seed it that way? Like, why would you even, yeah, you know, like, that's just weird. I don't know. Yeah. Like, but, but anyway, it, it, it doesn't really matter. But Drake, very thankful the Ivy League canceled basketball this year. Right. Um, Wichita State was the one where I was surprised they got in. They're, like, in the 70s at Kempom. Um, they, don't the only... have, they don't have, like, they don't have a ton of big wins. They won that conference regular season, but that was more of a, like a scheduling thing. Right. Cause like they didn't have to play Memphis twice. I don't think they played Houston twice, like because of COVID right. stuff. Um, so yeah, that one just that Wichita state was more shocked to me than Drake. Wichita state was the only uh, team that gave pool bracketology missed uh, this year. We got 67 out of 68 and a lot of the brackets on bracket matrix did as well. Um, Louisville, I think everybody had Louisville in instead of Wichita, except for the the committee. So um, I was surprised there as well. But uh, yeah, that playing game on Thursday night, the big city Des Moines will certainly be rocking and rolling uh, as as their fans are watching that. Who um, and then obviously we talked a little bit about Iowa Grand Canyon um, and. You know, I, I I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know a heck of a lot about Grand Canyon. But I like I said, I know they've got two big guys, right? That mid guard from Wichita State transfer, the seven footer. And then um, another guy, I don't know if it's lever or probably pronounced lever. If you push on the lever inside. Um, but yeah, you know, I, what I was a 15 point favorite. So hopefully... 
we don't have to think about uh, or we don't hear that Midgard's name anymore past uh, Friday. And then you're looking at Oregon or VCU for the Hawkeyes in the second round. Yeah, I don't. I I I thought Dan Marley was still the coach at Grand Canyon until um, <laughs> Bryce said Drew. It was Bryce Drew, and I was like, oh shit, how about that? I knew that earlier um, this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, this rem- you, know, you go back to any one of these fifteen over two, fourteen over three upsets, like people are going to say, oh, I called that one. I called that one. Well, if you called it, you're a dipshit, right? Like there's a reason these teams are 15s. <laughs> there's a reason these teams are twos, like some, you know, like, but upsets do, ha- do happen. Hey, and yeah. I will say I called Hampton over Iowa state. I had that in my bracket. Yeah. Now, because you hate Iowa state. Like that's, <laughs> that's the reason. Like, and you know, I was a like, dipshit teenager. Yeah, it'd be like somebody that says, well, I had Lehigh over Duke. Well, yeah, you hate Duke, and you pick them to lose every year. Like, oh, so what happened finally, right? Like, oh, yeah. well. Um, you know, so, so yeah, could Grand Canyon beat Iowa? Yeah, it's very unlikely. I mean, at the end of the day, it's 50-50, you know? I mean, well, Iowa either wins or they loses, but, you know, I think it's, <laughs> you know, it's, well, it's 50-50, but... Um, you know, that's the science. That's the scientific answer. You know, like if you go down to it, if you dig down a little more, I think, it, you know, it's more likely than not that Iowa wins this game. I agree. Yeah. And if you want something that actually is 50 50, uh, Ken Palm has the Hawkeyes 49.7, almost 50, basically 50 50 to make the Elite Eight. This Ken Palm Elite Eight. Yeah. Ken, KenPalm.com. Dot com and this is the meteorologist that, that does this <laughs> yes he's a meteorologist he also does a lot of curling stats Ooh, this is interesting i might have to i might have to check this out you know i, I love a good tempo free stat and that's why i go to the granddaddy of all tempo free stat, stat sites bartorvik.com um <laughs> the granddaddy so here's something that's kind of weird about this um this this region this upper this upper left quadrant um gonzaga has played and beaten the two three and four seeds in this in this region did you know that yeah no i know it's like so that's just i don't know i just like i i think they just gotta they gotta just shit can the bracketing principles and like if you want to keep teams from the same conference or playing in the first or second round like that's fine um but like this whole like you know like i was in gonzaga's region instead of baylor's and ohio state's in baylor's instead of michigan's like or instead of Illinois or Illinois or whatever, you know, like, it's just like, it's like, it's just stupid. Like, yeah, just see the tournament and let's go from there. Like you, you play who you play. Um, like I said, I'm cool with the first and second round, but once you get to the sweet 16 and stuff, like who the hell cares? Like let's get the 16 best yeah, teams. Yeah. Right. No, I, I hear you. And of all years, like sometimes the bracket gets a little goofy, even though they changed that up now with the pods, you know, but yeah. back in the day where they had to kind of consider like travel and everything. But yeah. like this year of all years, everybody's in, the everybody's in Indianapolis. Yeah. Just like, yeah. let's just make sure that, yeah, Gonzaga isn't in uh, the same bracket as all the teams they played in the non-conference. It's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't really get it, but I mean, whatever. Um, this this one, I, I would say both the four and the five here um, are are potential upsets here. Because Virginia is not going to practice until Saturday morning and play on Saturday. And Creighton looked terrible um, against Georgetown um, and, you know, has had some other issues that we're not going to go into. Um, but 
but yeah, I would say those, you know, UC Santa Barbara and Ohio, I think will probably be pretty trendy picks. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say my, my Seth Davis upset lock is Ohio fuck, over fuck Seth Davis. <laughs> is Ohio over Virginia just because Virginia is, yeah, planning to travel in on Friday after being quarantined all week and then play Saturday. I mean, um, doesn't seem like the most ideal game week for the first round of the NCAA tournament. Well, and they could, I mean, Virginia could have six guys, right? I mean, yeah, that too. you just don't, you, you know, you don't know what's going to happen there. Um, so yeah, I'd say that the, that's uh, kind of pushing for an upset. I'd like to see USC versus Drake. Um, hopefully Drake yeah. gets t- Tank Hemphill back, but USC's got Evan Moberly who. Um, probably going to be the number two pick in the draft behind Kate Cunningham, maybe number three behind J- Kate Cunningham and Jalen Suggs. But um, he's had a really, really good year, and uh, I think that'd be a fun game to uh, fun game to watch. Um, uh, I watched. I will say I did watch USC UCLA one Saturday, so I, I have at least seen them. But I still couldn't tell you anybody on UCLA's team except for uh, Tiger Campbell because his name's Tiger and he has like really like long, huge hair. Um, but other than that, I don't know anybody on UCLA, but um, the reason is any. Yeah. So, so I hope, I hope that game happens. You don't know what's going to happen with Kansas. David McCormick's coming off. He was, he, he was one of the guys that had COVID or was contract traced and couldn't go to the big 12 tournament. Looks like Jalen Wilson's going to be out for the first game. So you don't really know what they're going to be like coming out of a COVID pause. Um, so yeah, I, I think this bracket's, this brackets might be the most interesting, but at the same time, the least interesting because it's kind of a foregone conclusion that Gonzaga is going to go out, at least from a national perspective, right? We're going to sure. sit here and say, Oh, Iowa could make 17 threes and win that game. Um, but from a national perspective, you know, you're looking at that going, well, they've already beat the other teams all by double digits. Right. Like they're going to the final four. So, exactly. so yeah, that's, that, that's how I see that division, that upper left quadrant. So who do you got? Who do you got cutting the nets down on April fifth? Gonzaga. Gonzaga over. Uh, Gonzaga over Baylor. I think they're they've been the best two all year. I'm sticking with it. Sounds good. I my national champion pick. I've got the Iowa Hawkeyes cutting down the nets. God, baby. I hope it happens. How great would that be? <laughs> would be the greatest. Like. Uh, it would be the great. Even if they just make it to the final four, it would be the greatest. Even just like elite eight. I'll say. I'll say this. Like just getting to the second weekend. Like I, I'm gonna. Like no matter when they lose, I'm gonna be mad about it, right? Like for like ten minutes. You know, I'm gonna be. You, you know, it's just gonna be. That's just the way I am. Like I was pissed after the Illinois game, right? But for ten minutes, because I was like super freaking pumped that we were in the we were in the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament. It'd been fifteen years. Oh yeah, I was a senior exactly. in college. Yeah. I, yeah. I, had, I had hair and weighed 20 pounds more, you know, like that's not something you hear very often. Right. Like I weighed 20 <laughs> pounds more, but you know, that 20 pounds and all those pizzas and beers helped me get a COVID vaccine a little faster. So screw off people. Uh, but, uh, but you know, 15 years, that's forever to not get to the Saturday of the big 10 tournament. I thought that was like, it, it felt awesome beating Wisconsin that night. Yeah. So, that Wisconsin game was awesome. And then, and just knowing the Illinois, you know, when you're when you're good, the conference tournament losses are a lot easier to take just because, you know, that tomorrow on that at that yeah. point, you know, Sunday, we were going to see Iowa's 90 percent chance as a you know, I mean, it was more than 50 50. We were going to be a two seed. 
Yeah, I mean, Brad, we either were a two seed or we weren't a two seed. So those are the two outcomes. So it was 50 <laughs> 50. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, if it comes Monday and we're playing at six o'clock or whatever, and we're playing Oregon or VCU and you win that game, like you're going to be jacked to all hell on Monday night. You know, like it's going to be amazing because we haven't been to the Sweet 16 since 1998. Dr. You know, Tom. like Dr. Tom's last year. So um, I, I can't remember if I was an eighth grade or a freshman in high school. I can't remember for sure. But um, but yeah, like that's 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 longer than I that's more than half my life. We haven't been to a you know, we haven't been to a uh, sweet 16. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Get to the sweet 16. See what happens there. If you can get to the lead eight and play Gonzaga. I mean, it's kind of like the when the women got to the lead eight and they played Baylor, right? Wasn't a whole lot. Wasn't a whole lot of chance they were going to beat Baylor with Megan, but it was still cool, you know. Oh yeah. And so yeah. hopefully, and yeah. we lost by twelve against Gonzaga, right? And we didn't particularly shoot it well. So no, exactly. Yeah, we didn't play fantastic, uh, and we battled back a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, if we get to the Elite Eight and it's Iowa Gonzaga, my alarm's going off at six a.m. and the house will be a rocking for twelve hours at least, uh, getting ready for that one. So That's amazing. Uh, like just it would a, be an entire Tuesday of houses rocking. That would just be just, great. Uh, God, I'm sure Jenny would love that. Every so. yeah, I'd be sitting in work meetings with just Stevie Ray Vaughn, some bad honky tonkers really laying it down, and people <laughs> be like, "What are you saying?" Oh, Get used great. to it, folks. It's my yeah, hopefully it happens. Who do you have? Who do you have them beaten in the national championship game? I've got Iowa avenging our. Two losses to Illinois in the national championship. It's hard to beat a team three times, Drew. You know that. Unless they're the Iowa State Cyclones. <laughs> Poor Cyclones. Let's wrap this <laughs> up with uh, some Big Ten coaching carousel real quick. Yeah, let's go down the carousel real quick. I know our listeners uh, have their brackets filled out now. Some Big Ten coaching news. Well, just in the Big Ten, Archie Miller and uh, – Richard Patino, they gone. Both gone. Both gone. Penn State hired Mitch Shrewsbury from uh, who's a Purdue, Purdue. assistant. Yeah. Uh, Indiana. It sounds like Beeline's name keeps coming up. I hope not. Um, he's old. I mean, he's old. Yeah. The thing with Beeline, though, I mean, and uh, you know, he could bring in some transfers or something and turn it around in a couple of years and just provide, you know, get get them into the dance pretty quickly and then they could go get the next big hire. Right. Yeah. Um, it may be, I, I don't know. And beeline's a great coach. So that'd be a good hire. I think the guy you really got to worry about is Chris Beard. I think Chris Beard could sit in that job for 15 years and be phenomenal. You know? Um, yeah. How old Beard? Do you know? Beard's like, I mean, he's gotta be like 45. Um, I'll check it out. But yeah, Chris Beard, I think would be, you know, but really at the, we, we could talk about all this stuff. I mean, can you think of another hire um, that was so universally praised and thought was a great fit? It turned out as bad as Archie Miller did. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm as surprised as you are that uh, he never got it going there. Yeah. But, Chris Beard's 48, by the way. But it's, you know, it's easier said than done, especially in the Big Ten. There's just a lot of good coaches in the Big Ten. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and that's probably why the the conference has risen to the top in the in college basketball, really. 
you know, there's some other some Scott Drew talk. Um, yeah. You know, like here's here's my thinking on on these coaches. Like, don't leave a job that's don't leave your job to take a job that's that's um, on a lower peg in their conference than you currently are. Like Baylor's like the number two job in that league right now, in in the Big Twelve. Don't you think? I mean, it's Kansas Baylor over the last ten years. Yeah. I would say right. what he's ended up building there, yeah. Yeah. Um, so now you're going to go to the Big Ten, and I mean, it's you're behind Michigan State, you're behind Ohio State, you're behind Michigan, you're behind, you're behind Purdue in your own state, you're behind Purdue, yeah, yeah. and be Purdue. You know, like, I mean, I know Indiana historically is the number one job in the Big Ten, like historically, but it hasn't been that in 20 years, and you know, even probably longer than that, even probably back to like Calvert Cheney, Allen Henderson. Or Indiana teams, right? Like that's the last time. Like, I mean, you could throw in that team that was number one that got to the Sweet Sixteen with Tom Crean, but like, you know, that was kind of a one-off in that time frame. I, I don't know. I, I don't. If I was Scott Drew, I don't think I'd be messing around leaving a place where they're going to put my name on the floor um, f- for that. But I, I think the reason Beeline makes sense is they had to pay a ten million dollar buyout for Archie Miller. Can they afford yeah. a buyout for another coach? Like, I mean, how much did they have to pay for Chris Beard or Scott Drew or? Um, you know, whoever else they're going to think they can get Jay Wright or Tony Bennett or Brad Stevens, but that ain't happening either. So, you know, I think Beeline makes the most sense, or maybe like a uh, Porter Mo- uh, Mosier, somebody like that. Yeah, I shocked that he didn't uh, take somebody up on their offer and leave Loyola the last time. You know, when when they had their Final Four run, but um, maybe he's just waiting for. I, I don't know his history, but yeah, maybe he's waiting for a job like Indiana. I don't know. I think well, if, he um, if he thinks he's got the best job in the Valley, like you just don't leave it unless you get the best job in another, another league. Right. You can turn loyal, like look what Creighton and Wichita state became in the Valley. Right. Like, yeah. Right. And, and you saw Greg Marshall ended up getting forced to leave, but yeah. Greg Marshall state, I mean, he'd still be at Wichita state if he wasn't mm-hmm. a jackass. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, even like, uh, there's just even like a Ben Jacobson at you and I, you know, you, uh, Porter Mosier from that final four run. I mean, Jake is still at you and I from the one sweet 16 run with Ali Farouk Manesh way back when, right? Like Mosier's going to be able to live on that final four and make a tournament every other year forever. If that's what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of uh, opposed on seating here this year. Otherwise they might've been able to make another run, you know? So um, what about, uh, what about Jacobson? Is he in trouble up there at all? Um, I don't think so, especially this year with it, you know, the weirdness with COVID and then the injuries, uh, AJ Green going out and stuff. I think he's got enough players, um, you know, that born kid, uh, the, the in-state guys, AJ mm-hmm. Green's obviously a stud. That born kid played pretty well for him this year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as a freshman. So I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna stay around, but, um, you know, at some point, you got to get back to the tournament. Uh, How long has it been for him? Um, I'd have to look it up. I don't. I don't know off the top of my head, but I can look that up rather quickly here, since we've got the internet these days uh, in Sumner. You know, hasn't been here long. <clears throat> but well, you've had it on Snob Hill longer than the rest of the towns had it. Yeah. So the last time the you uh, and I's been in the tournament was 2016. 2016. They were. An 11 seed, and that's when they had their epic collapse loss to Texas A&M. They have not been back since that. They won the con- they won uh, the, the conference regular season last year. 
Yeah, that's the thing I was going to say, too. Last year, I don't think they were going to make the tournament, but I know they were, you know, they, they were kind of like Drake this year. They, they um, only they got beat early in the in the Valley tournament. Gotcha. OK, who won the Valley tournament last year? Um, I think Loyola did. Did they? No, they didn't. Uh, Bradley did. Bradley beat. Yep. Bradley won the Valley tournament last year. Okay. Um, well, we're off the rails here. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit about the Valley. <laughs> Come on. We still but haven't no, heard, I would say, heard about Iowa um, State, right? We haven't heard Iowa, uh, the Iowa State if, if they're going to bring uh, the, the architect of their perfect Big 12 season, uh, if they're going to bring him back or not. Perlmberger. They played so hard down the stretch and never gave up and just, you know, just played quality basketball against good opponents. You know, COVID going on, I think you got to give him another shot. I just think you can't you can't hold COVID against him. They had a lot of new guys to mix in. You, and, you know, you, I think you have to bring him back. I don't see any way, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't see any way how you don't bring him back. I mean, they were... Drew, when you look at it, when you look at their conference schedule, I mean, they were close. You know, they had a six point loss to Texas. They had a five point loss at Baylor. And, uh, you know, at the end of, uh, of it all, they lost. They rallied back, lost by six to Oklahoma. I mean, yeah, they didn't win a game all conference, they but they fought. were close. They, they, were close. <laughs> they never gave up. They never gave up. I mean, if you can keep a team together through 19 straight losses, I don't know how you possibly let that coach go. Um, so, so yeah, so there's our, there's our Iowa state, uh, our Iowa state recap season recap. Perfect big 12 season. So. And I think that's the perfect way to end it. Yeah, you know, uh, at the beginning of the year, if you would have told me to have expectations that Iowa State would go 0-19 in the Big 12, I'd have said those high those expectations are way too high. But when you have high expectations, sometimes it comes true. Oh, 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 oh. Brad, Brad, we got breaking news. Breaking news from five minutes ago. Iowa State has announced Steve Prohm is out as basketball. Oh, shoot. I mean, I, I don't know how the fans can accept this, uh, but, but yeah, it's too bad. It's really too bad. Kronberger's gone, huh? Yeah. Breaking news. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> well, we'll have that to talk about next time. Who yeah, will we'll Iowa State hire? Yeah, we'll talk about that. But that's really tough. I don't even want to make my bride out and go suck a fat one joke now because Promburger's out. Well, I think you just did technically. Was it was it Promburger or the Prom sandwich? No, it was the Fran Witch and the Prom. First of all, it was the Hoy Burger and the Fran Witch, and then they just made it the Promburger, and it sucked. Yeah, yeah. Well. Anyway, okay. Well, I won't make my bride dog sucks a fat one joke this week. I'll save it for next week. Uh, 5.30, Saturday night. Let's do it. Enjoy your March, man. Go Hawks. We'll see you in the final four.